This is an AMI podcast. I'm Joyita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. International Day of Persons with Disabilities comes each year on December 3rd. It is widely acknowledged. Of course, the UN recognizes it, but so do organizations big and small all across the globe. It's an opportunity to gather together as a community. We, as people with disabilities, have struggled, survived, and emerged stronger after a difficult year. IDPD is an opportunity to take stock of where we're at and to ensure that no one and no one's issue is left behind. Today, we discuss International Day of Persons with Disabilities. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Hello and welcome to the program. I'm Joita Gupta. On today's show, we'll be hearing from two guests. Each of them in their own way will be teeing up for us the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians annual conference, which is held to recognize IDPD or the International Day of Persons with Disabilities. IDPD, of course, is celebrated on Friday, December 3rd, but the conference will be held on Saturday. December 4th. And it's going to be held in the afternoon from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern. And the conference, like a lot of things these days, is happening virtually. So there is a Zoom link that you can get if you'd like to register to sign up and attend the conference that way. Or you could just tune in right here on AMI-audio. Because like last year, we're going to cover the conference for you again. There will be speakers, there will be panels, there might even be a little bit of entertainment, and you can catch all of that right here on AMI-audio. So you would just have to tune into this space, as you always do, and you'd have the conference right here at your fingertips. To tell us more about what we can expect from the big afternoon, I'm joined by Christine Zenier, who is an organizer as well as the project lead for IDPD at the Alliance for Equality for Blind Canadians Toronto chapter. Christine, welcome to The Pulse. Thanks so much for making some time for us. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me, Joeda. This year's theme is breaking barriers, making the invisible visible. Why did you want to talk about that? I think it's really important um, to talk about invisible disabilities and the impact that COVID-19 has had on folks with invisible disabilities and their mental health. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're, this is the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians. When we think about the impact on the blind community specifically, do you think there's a missing piece of the puzzle there when we don't really factor in the additional challenges for people who are blind or visually impaired to their mental health and maybe comorbidities or invisible disabilities that they might have? I think when we think about invisible disabilities, we can also think about people with low vision. Mm -hmm. So there are people that have partial sight and when they go out into the community and interact, Um, there is no way of knowing that someone has low vision when you're just interacting on the street. But then if you go in and want to use uh, a kiosk or check out your groceries or, you know, do your banking, um, perhaps somebody with low vision may have some difficulty. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's really important to 
understand that there are people out there when we just look at them or have a conversation with them or communicate with them that they may have an invisible disability. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about the conference. So what is on tap for the afternoon? What we're going to do is we're going to have a keynote speaker and we're going to have a guest speaker. And then we're going to have a panel discussion, a fireside chat Mm -hmm. um, with some panelists. So we're going to kick it off with Melanie Taddeo. And Melanie has, um, she's written a book and she is, in fact, a stroke survivor. So at age 21, she was paralyzed on her left-hand side, and she became legally blind. And she's going to talk about her journey and how she was able to really, you know, make a difference in her life and mm-hmm. get over those challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read Melanie's book uh, when it first first published. In fact, Melanie Taddeo was a guest on this program and we chatted a lot about her book. She is a phenomenal speaker. And so I think it's really going to be a highlight for you. Tell me a little bit about some of the other people you plan to have on as part of the panels and some of the other speakers that you're featuring as part of the conference. Well, we're having um, as our guest speaker, Maddie Daver, and he's going to talk about the language of acceptance and changing the language of autism and disability. And we're really happy and excited to have Maddie, as Maddie has been working with us through the planning and is on our planning committee. Mm -hmm. So he's been with us from the start. And Maddie is going to talk about you know, autism and disability. Mm. He's led workshops and panels on topics. He also works very closely with CASDA, which is the Canadian Autism Spectrum Disorder Alliance. And he is on the board of directors. And he will be on this show in just a few minutes, right on the other side of the break. We may as well make the big reveal. Christine, I know you are the tour de force that puts this entire conference together. How are you feeling? You know, I'm feeling really excited and pumped. I'm so Mm -hmm. happy that we've got the the speakers lined up. And I'm happy to say we even have a musician that is going to be entertaining us, Susanna McCleary. Oh, that's amazing. Now, is Susanna McCleary based in Toronto? I, I want to say I've heard her play somewhere, but don't quote me on that, okay? She actually is living in High Park, huh. and um, she was living in Hamilton. So she is a violinist, and she's yes. going to be accompanied by a pianist, and she's going to play a couple of her pieces live. I'm really yeah, excited. She- I am too, because she is incredibly talented. There is so much talent, not just here in Toronto, where you know I live and you live, but across Canada. And one of the nice things, Christine, about doing this conference virtually, as you are, is that people could potentially join from coast to coast. Is that what you're hoping for? I totally am. And if we look at some of our panelists, we have Dorothy Riddle, who's coming from BC. And she's... Um, She's actually world-renowned as, as a speaker, and she's going to talk about how far she can walk because she has osteoarthritis, and she really wants to talk about the pain and struggle of, of walking. Mm-hmm. 
And we also have Amy Hutton, who is from Calgary, and she's going to talk about something called post-ovarian syndrome. And she's going to talk about the anxiety and depression and PTSD and, in fact, even some bullying that Mm -hmm. um, she was faced with growing up. Mm -hmm. It's a really important conversation as well about, uh, you know, anxiety and depression. There's so much stigma that continues to be attached to things like that. Do you feel, though, that maybe we've turned a corner? I mean, we have had a lot of robust conversations nationally during the pandemic about everyone's mental health taking a a bit of a nosedive. There's even some talk about having a national mental health strategy. There's a minister who's looking at mental health now for the very first time. Do you think we've managed to turn a corner here? I think we have. And I think a conference like this is really going to give our audience an opportunity to even share their own stories and experiences. Because mm-hmm. I want this to be a safe space where, where people can, can open up and, and share what's going on in their lives and talk about, you know, this awkward, difficult conversation about mm-hmm. mental health, about invisible disabilities. So I think, you know, this, this conference is a great venue, and I agree with you, Joeta. There is a lot of work done on mental health, and I'm really glad that, you know, we have government, we have cor- corporations behind us really focusing on mental health and having this conversation. So for those of us who wanted to attend this conference, I mean, of course, they can tune in here on AMI-audio, but we'd also want to encourage them to get in touch with you and and, and join the Zoom conference. Can you tell us how they go about getting an invite if they wanted to come? Absolutely. You can find our conference on Eventbrite. You can also find our conference on blindcanadians.ca. There is registration there. And if people are having difficulty registering online, they can send an email to abctoronto at gmail.com. And we can certainly look after the registration for them. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so those are all ways to get in touch with you and to make sure that we are able to register if you want to attend. I have to ask you a tough question. I, I promised you there wouldn't be any, but I got to squeeze one in there, okay? And yeah, here it is. <laughs> so you're the organizer for this amazing conference that's taking place. It's going to happen on Saturday, December 4th from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. When... The curtains close at 4.01 p.m. What are you first going to do? Breathe a sigh of relief. Thank all my <laughs> sponsors. I thank God. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do and start celebrating Christmas. That sounds like a plan. Christine Zenier, thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you and the rest of the crew in about a week's time for the AEBC's annual conference talking about International Day for Persons with Disabilities. Thanks for chatting with us about it today. Joeta, thanks so much for the opportunity and have yourself a great evening. Christine Zenier is the organizer of the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians I'm Joitha Gupta. On today's program, we're teasing or teeing up the International Day of Persons with Disabilities conference held by the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians. It's an annual event. And just as last year, we'll even be carrying it right here on AMI-audio. 
The conference organized by the AABC is scheduled to take place on Saturday, December 4th, 2021 from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. You can, of course, get a Zoom link by contacting AEBC directly at blindcanadians.ca or you can tune in right here and listen to our coverage. I'll be hosting and anchoring that coverage on the afternoon of the conference. There's a number of really exciting things happening at the conference. We heard, of course, that you'll be hearing from a, a musician and we'll have some entertainment happening. But you'll also be hearing from Maddie Dever, who is an autism advocate and activist, as well as an organizer and is one of the featured speakers at the IDPD conference. Maddie, welcome to The Pulse. It's really good to have you on the program. Well, thank you very much. I'm re- really excited to be back here. Yes, it's great to have you back, a returning guest. Um, You've been on the show once before, as you said, a couple of years back. But today you're talking about your participation with this IDPD conference that's taking place on Saturday, December 4th. Before we get into talking about the conference, what is the significance of the International Day of Persons with Disabilities for you? It's it's really a day for us to uh, recognize the, the disabled people that are in our world the, the barriers that we have and the fact that we still have so much to do to bring to, to remove those barriers and bring equality to us. And uh, I think it's it's good for people to hear our stories and to uh, uh, understand uh, where we've been and where we want to be. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have said it better myself. So tell me a little bit about how you got involved with the AEBC and with the conference that's taking place. Okay, well, I'm uh, uh, one of the board members of the Canadian Autistic Spectrum Disorder Alliance. Uh, I'm one of actually three autistic members uh, that are part of the board. And one of the opportunities that we get uh, every once in a while is CASDA is uh, partnering with the ABC to, uh, to, to do this event amongst, uh, alongside some other organizations. And uh, I was invited to participate in the planning of this event as well as uh, when, when there's an opportunity to put a proposal uh, forward to speak, I thought that, well, this is something I'd like to uh, to share some of my insights on, on language and, and how we can change things in terms of how people talk about and think about and act towards autistics and other disabled uh, people. I find that language is, dare I say it, a very hot potato issue when it comes to having the right words. We all want to use the right words, but we're not even sure about what they are. I don't want you to, I don't want to sort of scoop your your talk from Mm -hmm. from a week from now, but if you had to give us a bit of a sense of what you think we need to keep in mind in, in thinking about disability, autism, and language, what would you say are the key takeaways? Well, we've been steeped in a in a very, uh, um, what we call the medical model of disability for many, many, many years. And it looks at things, it looks at disabilities as the things that we are, that we have that are deficits, that are, are things that we can't do, things that are uh, in us uh, that are broken. And changing the language we use to a more social model of disability, where we look at, you know, we acknowledge the things that are challenging to us, but there's the things that are really disabling to us are the barriers that are external to us. And mm-hmm. if we can deal with those barriers and, t- and change the way we talk about things into a more a strength-based or positive way, we can actually remove some of those those barriers that are uh, that really are in attitudes and not necessarily in, um, in, in physical things. But then when mm-hmm. the attitudes change, the barriers, the physical barriers can change. And then we actually can get 
looking at the supports and accommodations that we might need to uh, deal, to deal with that those parts of us that are our internal challenges. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, knowing that you have uh, some background in advocacy and autism advocacy specifically, is that I do find that there is a bit of a tension between groups that are self-represented uh, in the sense that they include autistic people themselves and a number of other groups that are parent-led or professional-led. Have you encountered that sort of tension in, in the work that you do? I, I have I have threaded the needle very carefully between um, those those two groups. The, there is a difficulty in the experience, especially in autism. That's the thing I'm most I'm most uh, experienced with. Um, where there, there's a concept in the disability rights movement, nothing about us without us, and it, what mm-hmm. it really means is that those those decisions, those programs, those those things that are going to affect us. We need to be at the table to have an equal voice to be heard to to explain and, and share how those things um, uh, may affect us or, or better ways of doing things that based on our own experiences. And the the challenge is that you know historically you know most organizations that provide support or do the advocacy for regarding autism and autism policy have been very much parent led or or, or uh, uh, led by professionals. And it's there's a need for all parties to see that we're all trying to make the same. You know, the, this, the the hope is that we can make the quality of life of autistics of all ages improve. And mm. how we get there is by working together. And there is tension, um, but there's a need for some people to be able to you know bridge that tension. And you, I mean, I'm I'm an autistic, but I'm also a parent. And mm-hmm. I have a parent of autistic kids. I have I have five kids of which four are also autistic. So I, I have a little bit of a different perspective because I, I I'm in both worlds. And you know, over the last couple of years, I've I've, I've been able to be on some uh, uh, boards of different organizations, including one that is an autism provider that provides the services uh, to children as well as adults. And so, like my perspectives of things, like the, the more the more immersed I get, the more I see there really is that need. You know, the first step is. It has. We really need to include autistics, um, people with any disabilities, in the decision making, in the policy making, um, so that we can have a better uh, things that are more tailored to our needs. Mm-hmm. And when organizations start stepping out and hearing and, and deciding to listen and opening that up, opening the you know, bring widening the table, building ramps to the table. Um, and providing the accommodations we need to be able to do that, everybody wins. And that's in my experience with CASDA. They, they had a historically negative experience with autistics. About two, three years ago, they started saying, hey, we want to change. We want to hear your voice. You know, be part of different things. And I decided to, to do that. And over the last two years, I've seen huge growth in what CASDA is doing in terms of you know, having more uh, autistics as board members, having more autistics in, in positions of responsibility, you know, mm-hmm. basically bringing us in as equal to all, the, you know, to an autism organization, to other other individuals, other parents. And we've been able to see a significant change in the way that everybody sees autism. And, the, uh, you know, it's a, we're hoping that it's a, it's a trickle down to, other autism organizations that are members is sort of being a, a, a blueprint. 
it really mm-hmm. is important that you know autistics need to see change over time to be able to trust the change and i think the more parents you know see autistics who are willing to share it about themselves um they're able to uh, like I, I have so many relationships with, with parents that are really, um, they want to know what's best for their children. Mm-hmm. They, they, they may not understand their kids, what their kids are doing, and they're really looking for support anywhere. They're looking for mm-hmm. professionals, and some of them are looking for, for autistics who have had, may have had similar experiences, or at least enough of an experience to share some insights. Right. So even if there is sort of a bit of a tension there, even if you are the parent of a child who has autism, your advocacy is still coming from a place of love. And of course, if you're a person who self-identifies in that way, you want to make changes to have a better world and more opportunities for everyone. So really, you're not not that far apart from each other. Is that is that would you say the sort of the, the gist of what you're trying to communicate that we can have hope for a more inclusive movement? Absolutely. You know, it, it takes, it takes, uh, tr- it takes risk of, of, of sharing yourself, risk of listening to other voices and, you know, risk can build trust and trust will build the change that we need. Well, Maddie Dever, thank you very much for joining us today. I look forward to listening to more of what you have to say at the AEBC conference uh, being held on Saturday, December 4th. Thanks a lot for chatting with us today. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I'll, I'll chat anytime. <laughs> Maddie Dever is, the, is an autistic advocate and one of the speakers featured at the AEBC conference for the, celebrating the International Day of Persons with Disabilities. Thanks a lot for listening. We are pretty much at the end of our time here on the program today. And I hope that everyone stays safe and has a wonderful rest of your day. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.